Thanks for joining us for today's message. We're always encouraged to hear about how God is using Adventure Church to speak and work in your life. If you've got a story you'd like to share, please do so on adventurechurch.tv slash mystory. Also, if you'd like to support Adventure Church financially, you can do that online and help us bring messages just like this one to you each and every week. Now let's prepare our hearts to hear a word from God. Welcome to Adventure Church again. We're so excited you're here today. We've been in a series for the last few weeks entitled Like a Boss, and we've kind of been talking about that God can do anything, just like the video you saw, but one thing, and that is control you, that God has given you the power of choice, and so how you exercise that choice is really up to you. And so we've been walking through the book of Jonah, and today we're going to be in chapter 4 of Jonah, finishing up his story and, and what his life has kind of taught us and his journey with the Lord has taught us. But we realize that from Jonah that he had a prophetic message from God and he chose to go in the opposite direction of what God had told him to do. And many of us have done that in our lives and have suffered the consequences for it. And so when that happens, when we go in a direction God didn't intend for us, we often suffer the consequences of that. And Jonah found himself in the belly of a whale. And in that moment, he called out to God. God heard him and heard his prayer. And then when he got his second chance, he obeyed God. And he did what God asked of him and then trusted him with the results. But then chapter 4 comes and we kind of rewind a little bit. And Jonah has another setback in his kind of response to God and what God is doing through him and in his life. And so today we're going to talk about that when God does something and we get our second chance and he responds, that we then have a responsibility to pay it forward. And Jonah doesn't really get that. And we're going to again learn what not to do from Jonah this morning. Uh, The whole idea of this series we've been talking is who you are, where you are, and where you're going is totally up to you. And you have to own that, that that's your. We don't control everything that happens to us in life, but we do control how we respond to that. And wherever you find yourself this morning, whatever direction you find yourself going in is up to you. You know, I was trying to think of like a pay it forward story that I could share and ask Jess and we couldn't really come up with this one moment where we had this pay it forward moment in our lives but, but there's been many times where someone has blessed us and either given us a gift card or a monetary blessing or just helped us in some way or shape or form but I thought about kind of the, one of the greatest pay it forward things that we don't like to return the favor on is moving, right? Anybody like to move? Anyone at all? I've moved way too much in my life. I've gotten way too good at it but I do not not like it. And I don't even like to call people to help me move. That's a call that, you know, you only make to your close friends. Uh, there's actually a whole Seinfeld episode about it uh, that you should check out sometime. But like, you don't, you don't just call the average person and say, hey, will you help me move? Because you know that they're at one point going to call you and ask you to help move too. And you're going to have to pay it forward. But Jonah didn't get the idea of paying it forward. And when God shows up and does something great, Uh, he's not real happy about it. And in fact, the Bible says that he gets angry about what God did. And so today we're going to learn a little bit about, one, the love of God and how we should respond to that love in our own lives and what it should compel us to do from the story of Jonah. And the first thing that kind of we learn right off the bat at the end of chapter 3 and the beginning of 4 is that God's love has no limits. How many of you are thankful for that, that God's love has no limits, that it can, it can reach anyone, anytime, anywhere? 
And in the end of chapter 3, verse 10, it said, when God saw that the people of Nineveh had turned from their wicked ways and kind of were seeking out God, it said that he changed his mind and did not carry out the destruction that he had planned. That these people were evil, but even like Jonah, when Jonah responded to God and he cried out, God heard him and, and gave grace and mercy, and he did the same thing for the people of Nineveh. Romans 8.38, the Apostle Paul said that I am convinced, we just sang about this, that, that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Nothing. There's not one thing you could do that could ever change God's love for you. It kind of rhymed, didn't it? Uh, neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither our fears for today, our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky or above or the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. I mean, we could preach that that all day. That should excite us. That should say, man, that's incredible that God loves me that much, that even in my sin, that even when when I don't follow him, even when I don't trust him, that, that God's love is constant. It remains. It never changes. It never wavers in its dedication and its commitment to us. He's an awesome God, and his love has no limits. And, and Jonah is struggling with how God's love is reaching a group of people that he had an issue with. You see, remember the, if you rewind and, and go back through the series that we've talked about how Nineveh and, and Jonah's group of people, these people, they clashed, and, and Nineveh was very evil, and, and, and Jonah felt that they didn't deserve the love and grace of God the way that he did. And that's the second thing that we learn about God's, God's love and, and his compassion is that God's compassion does not discriminate. It doesn't discriminate. It doesn't pick and choose who it goes to, anyone, anywhere, anytime. And so Jonah, God responds, and, and the people of Nineveh, he changes his mind to them, and then the beginning of chapter 4, verse 1, it says that this change of plans greatly upset Jonah. The change of plans with, that God did not destroy 120,000 people. And he said he became very angry. So he complained. Another translation says he prayed to the Lord about it. And throughout this whole story, Jonah's only prayed a couple times to God. And the last time he reaches out to God, it's to complain. And he says he complains. He said, didn't I say before I left home that you would do this, Lord? This is why I ran to Tarshish. I knew that you are a merciful and compassionate God, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. How many of you are thankful that's the God we serve? Merciful, compassionate, slow to get angry, filled with unfailing love. He said, you are eager to turn back from destroying people. Just kill me now, Lord. Really, Jonah, I'd rather be dead than alive if what I predicted will not happen. What a big baby, right? But you laugh. But we, I've, I've prayed some of those prayers before. Kill me now, Lord. Maybe not that desperate. I've been in moments where I was going to kill my child and I asked God to kill me instead. <laughs> kill me now. You see, this is, this is the, the great contradiction of Jonah's entire story. You see, Jonah was able to receive the grace and the mercy and the forgiveness and when God arranged for the whale to save him and then 
he gets a second chance and he cries out and he finally does what God says. And then God actually does what he wants to do and Jonah responds in a negative way. He doesn't get it. He's mad about it. I'll just tell you, if, if the people of Adventure Church did what I said every week, I'd be one happy guy. If I did what I said every week, I'm not saying like, hey, all you sinners would get right, we'd be in a better place, but, but 120,000 people, like he got, he, he preached a difficult, challenging message. He obeyed God, he trusted him with the results, and God shows up and saves these people, and Jonah gets mad about it. And God's like, are you serious? Really, Jonah, this is, this is how you're going to respond, that because you've been able to receive all the grace and mercy that I've been showing to you over the last few days, but you're not willing to extend that same grace and mercy to other people. I think sometimes we struggle that, that we deserve something and someone else doesn't. Maybe it's not forgiveness of sin. Maybe it's that promotion that you wanted and someone else got it instead. I can't believe it. I can't believe that they got that. I deserve that. I deserve this. This is my deal. I should have got that. And we respond that way. And we, we struggle with watching other people succeed when we're not. We struggle watching other people's you know, lives flourish or they get the house or they get the promotion and, and they have the kids. They, they have what we want and we struggle that, and think that we deserve it somehow more than them. And today, what Jonah didn't get that we need to get is this, is that no one deserves God's grace No one deserves his blessings. No one deserves his mercy. No one does. But God gives it anyway. He gives it anyway. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you come from. That God extends mercy and grace to everyone. And we need to do the same thing. And I think sometimes we have to remember back to our salvation experience. That we have to remember back to what our life was like before we met God the things that we struggle with, the things we continue to struggle with, that we can easily overlook our own faults sometimes and, and point out the faults in other people and, and, and try to decide and try to be God and decide on how he should bless other people and how he should bless us. Daily, God gives us that. And I think that when I remember back and I think about how God has blessed me, it, it helps me and it compels me then to return that same love and, and to return and to pay it forward back to those around us. So we learn that God's love has no limits, that it can reach anyone, anywhere, anytime, that his compassion does not discriminate, and we should not either in the way that we treat and love people. And the third thing we learn is that we must forgive as we've been forgiven. When we experience God's love, that we need to forgive as we've been forgiven. And we've talked a little bit about this last week, and it may seem like I'm kind of harping on the same points, but, but I'm, just, I'm just trying to be true to the text here and true to the story and, and, and preach it to you how it's unfolding in Scripture. And you see, God is, is reinforcing these same values and these same principles over and over again in the story of Jonah because he doesn't get it, and he's still struggle, struggling to get it, and, and we struggle to get it. We struggle to do the things that we hear over and over. And so, again, God responds. He saves these people. Jonah gets angry. Then in verse 4, it said, The Lord replied, Is it right for you to be angry about this? Again, really Jonah. You see, God hasn't forgot about the mercy he's been showing to Jonah. But Jonah had already forgot. And he just saved 120,000 people, and Jonah's ticked off about it. And he's going, really? 
you know, and, and so Jonah begins to give God the silent treatment a little bit. So it says this that in verse 5 that Jonah went out to the east side of the city and he made a shelter to sit under as he waited to see what would happen to the city. It's almost like he's still hoping that God will destroy them. Like maybe they'll, maybe they'll get bad again and they'll, they'll go back to their old ways and God will, will make true and then I won't look like the guy who said something and God didn't do it. So he goes off and it says, And the Lord God arranged. We've heard that throughout this story, that God arranged, that God was trying to get his attention one more time and it, he arranged for a leafy plant to grow there. And as soon as it spread its broad leaves over Jonah's head, shading him from the sun, this eased his discomfort, and Jonah was very grateful for the plant. So even in Jonah's disobedience again, God arranged for more mercy and grace. He says, man, this guy's not getting it. He ran away again. He's out here. He's baking in the sun. I'll give him a little plant, a little shade, a little comfort. And God's still extending mercy to Jonah, and he's still not getting it. He's still not responding the right way. And you think, I think Jonah's problem is often our problem. Is that somewhere along the way we, we got to thinking that somehow we merited or we did something to deserve God's grace and his mercy. And what we're learning from this plan is, is that Jonah's really, he appreciates this plan and it's soon God's going to arrange for it to go away. But, but he, so he's appreciating this plan and he didn't do anything for it. He didn't work to, to grow it. He didn't plan it. And yet, he begins to get angry when it goes away. He thinks he has a right to complain. And so then in verse 7 it says, But God also arranged for a worm. The next morning at dawn, the worm ate through the stem of the plant, so it withered away. And as the sun grew hot, God arranged for a scorching east wind to blow on Jonah. The sun beat down on his head until he grew faint and he wished to die. And he said, Death is certainly better than living like this. God's trying to get his attention. He's trying to get him to wake up. Send in a few more warning signs. First it was a hurricane. Now it's sun and wind and, 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 and more discomfort. And then Jonah responds to God again. Or God responds to Jonah. And he says, Jonah, is it right for you to be angry because the plant died? Yes, Jonah retorted. Even angry enough to die. At this point, if I was God, I just would have like went and flicked Jonah off the earth. But like, are you, all right. And then, but God, merciful, responds, but he's teaching him a lesson. He said, you feel sorry about the plant, though you did nothing to put it there. You didn't deserve it. I put it there. It was me. I gave you this. It came quickly and it died quickly. You see, Jonah was really good at receiving from God, but he had a really hard time at giving back, at paying forward what he had received from God. And forgiveness is something that we have to extend to people. We have to. Scripture doesn't give us an option. And Jonah, the reason he was so upset, any preacher would be happy if 120,000 people listened to them, but Jonah wasn't because he was harboring bitterness. He was harboring unforgiveness against these people. He didn't want God to show mercy on them. He didn't want to see them succeed. He didn't want to see God's plan unfold in their lives. See what the New Testament says about forgiveness. It's straight to the point. Matthew 6, 14. These are the words in red in your Bible, which means these are 
direct quotes from Jesus. He said, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive you of your sins. The forgiveness, the grace that God can extend to you, the mercy like he's giving to Jonah, the the amount that he can extend towards you, the, the amount of forgiveness he can extend to you is directly connected to the amount that you can give away. And we put barriers up between ourselves and God unknowingly and unintentionally because we harbor things against people that have hurt us and and people that did things to us a long time ago and issues that we're struggling through and we unintentionally put things in between us and God so much so that Jesus goes on to teach and he says if you come to church, if you come to the temple and you come to the altar to present your sacrifices to me that you're coming to worship me he says if you have something against someone else leave immediately and go and make it right with that person because if you don't it's gonna, it's gonna directly affect how I can minister to you and how I can respond to you in this moment right now. So he says, even at an important place where you're in the house of God and you're like, man, I'm committed, I'm coming to worship. He said, it's that important that you leave. Get up and go. Get out of here. Go handle your business with that person. Make things right, because it's not about them, it's about you, and it's about you and me. And if you can't extend grace and mercy, it's going to be hard for me to extend it to you. And he wants to, so he wants us to deal with those things. Colossians, the Apostle Paul said in chapter 3, verse 12, he said, Since God chose you to be holy people who he loves, you must clothe yourselves. Again, so again, showing the power of choice, living like a boss, taking control of your life. It says you must. You have to do this. Clothe yourselves. Put on tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone. Who? Anyone. Anyone who offends you. Remember this. Again, he's trying to remind them. He's trying to take them back to the moment where they met God, where they ex- received grace, where they were in the belly of a whale and God responded to them and showed them mercy. He said, remember back to that moment because we tend to forget very quickly like Jonah what God has done for us. He said, the Lord forgave you your junk, your mistakes, your failures. God forgave it. He took all of it to the cross. He said, he forgave you of all of that so you must forgive others. You must. There's no option. If you are a Christ follower, You have to extend forgiveness. You have to. And it's more about you than it is about them. And it says, but above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony, and let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts, because we need love, we need his peace to be able to do what he's asking us to do. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and to always be thankful. If we summarize Jonah really the, the entire book, but in chapter four, we're, we're really learning about where Jonah is as a person. Where Jonah is, is that he's struggling with unforgiveness. He's struggling with pride, right? That was really what it was about. God, I, I'd rather die than be wrong. He's like every other man in the world, right? I'd rather die. I'd rather die myself than you save these people because then what I said would happen isn't actually going to happen. So he's struggling with bitterness, with pride. He's struggling with 
forgiving people. And what we're learning is, is that Jonah's really consumed with himself. It's all about Jonah. It's all about his anger. It's all about his way and, and his comfort, right? He's uncomfortable. He's, he's hot. He's, you know, I can't believe I'm here. It's all about him and his bitterness and his issues. And I guess my question for you today, is life all about you? Don't answer that yet, because I think there's two indicators that we have to look at to really see what our life is all about. Because our lives, once we accept Christ and once we embrace Him and His forgiveness and His mercy in our, in our lives, they're no longer our own, the Bible says. That we offer our lives to God, that we give them to him and then we begin to devote ourselves to to his ways and beginning to walk out this plan that he has and he gives us all the grace and all the mercy we need and and all the forgiveness and he helps us time and time again and he he picks us up when we fall and we begin to walk this journey out with him but when we say god i'm i'm following you i'm committing to you christ your life is no longer about you anymore it's about him and it's about his purpose and it's about his plan, and it's about what he wants to do through you. And the two greatest indicators about where your life is really at and what it's really about is, first of all, is your time. Is your time. Where do you spend your time? Look, I know we, got, we all got jobs, we all got things that we want to do, or we, that we have to do, that, that we can't control. You got to clock in, you got to clock out, you got to pay the bills, I get that. But we all have a certain amount of free time. We all have an ability, and we have many people who are serving and involved here, and it's awesome that they say, I'm giving of my time for free. That's an indicator of where your heart is at. It's saying, man, my heart is to follow God. My heart is to please Him, and so I'm going to give of myself. I'm going to serve and invest those things and, and give back. I'm going to pay it forward with my life, with where I invest my time. No strings attached. It's given. That's a, that's a big indicator of where you're at. The second indicator is where you spend your money. Ah, there he goes again, pastor talking about money. But it's just true. It's just true. It's a huge indicator of where your heart is at is where you invest financially. And the Bible instructs us to, to invest and to give of our, of our resources to God. Because Jesus tied your money to your heart. He said, for wherever your heart is, there your or wherever your treasure is, there your heart will also be. See, we put our money and, and we give our money to things that are most important to us. We give of our time and of our money to those two things. See, Jonah was wrapped up in himself. He's prideful, he's struggling. Life was all about him and God's trying to teach him this lesson that it's not about you. He's, he's curled up in the, the fetal position because his shade plant had disappeared, but, but he didn't even do anything to get that plant. God freely gave that to him. And when we truly understand, the Bible says that every good gift comes from, from the Lord, that every blessing we have is from him. And when we truly get that, that it isn't about me, I didn't earn all these things. God has blessed me and he's blessed you so you can be a blessing. And so when we fully get what our life is about, we understand that it's about giving of ourselves. It's about investing ourselves and giving back. And Jonah was more concerned with himself. And, and so where, where are you spending your money? Where are you spending your time? Is it all about you? Is it all about your job, your family, your kids, your house, your car, your vacation, your promotion? 
Are we consumed with ourselves? Are we consumed with what we want to do? And we live in a world that's very materialistic and it pushes these values on you and and we have to fight our culture and keep our lives focused on what matters most. And that's on Jesus. So as we close out this today and as we close out really this entire series, I'd summarize it like this. To live like a boss, right? To be successful, owning your life, fulfilling God's plan. And that's success. we got to remember that. Success is, is being obedient and following after God, nothing else. And when we're living like a boss and following that plan, owning our lives, being successful, in order to do that, you have to love like Jesus. To live like a boss, you have to love like Jesus. You see, Jonah was struggling with this. He was struggling. I'm being obedient. I'm doing what you told me to do. God, I trusted you, but, but now I'm not trusting you all the way, and, and I still want it to be about me. Why has it got to do this? Why has it got to be like that? And God's, God's getting frustrated with him. He says, you did nothing to put this plant here, and you're mad. It came quickly. It died quickly, but you didn't do anything for it. And then in verse 10 through 11, he says, so you're, you're, you're mad about these material things, You're mad about your own discomfort. He says, but Nineveh has more than 120,000 people living in spiritual darkness, not to mention all the animals. He said, shouldn't I feel sorry for such a great city? That's it. End of story. That's the end of Jonah's story. We don't really necessarily know what Jonah did, but we know that he penned these words and he wrote his story out, so he must have repented He must have got it at some point. But God gets the final word here with Jonah. He's saying, you're concerned about all these material things. You're concerned about a plant, though you didn't didn't plant it, you didn't water it, you didn't make it grow. I did that. And then I take it away. I take one thing away from you, and you want to throw in the towel, and you want to quit, and you just want to die and give up. He's saying, you didn't even deserve that. And we can easily look at Jonah and go, yeah, man, Get real, dude. It's a plant. What are you, why are you so, but we got a lot of plants, don't we? Material things that we get wrapped up in, that we get focused on. It's usually all about us. It's all about me. I've been there. I struggle with it. I have to fight it. You have to fight it. And that's the key. If we're going to love like Jesus, if we're going to live like a boss, we got to love like Jesus. And if we're going to love like Jesus, let's get a quick snapshot of Jesus' love for us. Two easy words, selfless and sacrificial. That was Jesus. Though he was God, the Bible says he humbled himself. And he died a sinner's death, though he never sinned, crucified, murdered, for you and for me. It's easy to forget that. It's easy to forget how much God has blessed us. And we can get focused on the materialistic things of this world. But if we're going to love like Jesus, we've got to get an eternal perspective. We've got to see the bigger picture. That every day, God sends you to Nineveh. Lost people at your work who live across the street from you. People who have yet to experience the grace and the mercy of God. But we get so focused on ourselves, so focused on our own agendas and our own plans that we can't extend that same mercy and grace to other people. 
and then our lives don't go exactly the way that we want them to go and we get mad at God. We give up a little bit, get sidetracked. And God's going, look, it's, 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 it's not about you. And the sooner we understand that, and the sooner we get our focus on people, Jesus said, I came for one thing, the lost. That's it. It's the whole reason he came, for you and for me. It's the only reason he came. And when he left, he said, I've given you all of this. This is all free. My, my death, my mercy, my grace, you can't earn it. You don't deserve it. I give it anyway. But there is one thing. There's just one thing. Go tell other people about it. Just share it. Share your story. Share my forgiveness. Share my love. Don't hold it all for yourself. Don't discriminate on who you give it to and who deserves it and who doesn't deserve it. No one deserves it, but God gives it to everyone anyway. So today, what are you living for? Who are you living for? Where is your focus? Today, we need to broaden and open up our lens and our perspective and see the big picture that right here, Lewis Center, over 30,000 people, Powell, over 18,000 people, Delaware, all right here, right around our church. It's Nineveh. There's people who are consumed with themselves, who are struggling, who are evil, who are battling things. It's not our job to judge people. God sends us to them with a message. It's of love, it's of grace, it's of mercy, and that he has a better way. So today, who are you serving? Who are you loving? We started a thing a few months ago, back in the fall, actually. And it's called You Are Loved. It was a challenge that we gave to our church just to say, hey, there's these little cards that you can take and there's some laying around you today that you can take and, and give to someone. And it's not a random act of kindness. It's an intentional way that you can pay it forward. That you can give someone some hope. That you can give someone some love. Today, we're going to close out in a minute and I'm going to challenge you again and, and give you that responsibility that God gives all of us is to be carriers of his hope, to be carriers of his love.